This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chums. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Hi, everybody. Jerry Taggart here. Now, be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on, you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Good evening, fellow Fox fans. Yes, it's seven o'clock. It must be Leicester to Light Eye TV. Next week, it's great. We're back to one game a week and we have a bit of a rest. So you don't have to look at me every night as you have been doing, as much as much as I know that you enjoy doing that. Good evening. Welcome along. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. You can catch us live in the normal places, uh, YouTube, Leicester Till I Die TV. And if you're on that, we're about three off the 400 subs. So please, please give us a sub if you're watching on that. Uh, Facebook at uh, is Leicester Till I Die, the group. And Twitter and Periscope till the end of the month is at Leicester TID. How are we feeling? Well, we stopped the losing streak, haven't we? 
And what a goal. What a way to do it. Couldn't get the three points. Can't say I was disappointed because I'd predicted a 1-1. So it uh, puts me six points ahead in the prediction league with the X-Foxes. But sh I whispered that just in case they're watching. But it's a big one this weekend. I mentioned this the uh, last night when I spoke to Scott from uh, We Are Brighton. Are you ready? It's the big matchup. It's Megan versus the Queen. Who's going to win? Well, you'll find that out on Sunday and Monday. But in the meantime, it is a little matter, a little matter of this. But let, let's bring my chat chum, Craig, in. He's always ready for a Royal Rumble. Good evening, oh. Craig. How the devil are you, sir? I'm good, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm looking forward to. I, I, I'd, I'd love to be a, a fly on the wall of uh, Buckingham Palace when that goes out on uh, on Monday night, that's for sure. Uh, it's amazing that they're getting theirs in first, but uh, you know, it's um, maybe everybody at Brighton is on the Queen side because, of course, they have got the Royal, whatever the big building is down there in Brighton. I did wonder where you, you were going with uh, the link between Brighton and Queens there, Chris, but I think maybe you want to move on from that. <laughs> that is you. That is yourself. I was thinking of the Royal Pavilion, which is an absolutely marvellous ah, yeah, building yeah, yeah. of its age yeah. and architecturally superb. <laughs> anyway, right. we've got to be careful what we say, you and me, haven't we? You know, <laughs> let's, not, uh, let's not push it. One all quickly against Burnley. Great goal. Great goal from uh, for, from this fella. Um, yeah, that's it. That's so far this 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 year, which for a second string striker who, in fairness, has hardly had any starts, I don't think he's bad. But didn't he take it well? I tell you what, he, he did. He took it really well. I mean, we we all know we've scored two or three of those in recent seasons. I remember Jamie did one against uh, West Brom a few seasons back. Um, but what would be interesting, and I know you love your stats, uh, would be the goals and assists to minutes rather than games, mm. because I bet he's got a, a very, very decent um, ratio of that in comparison with the other uh, Barnes and Vardy, or whatever. I would imagine his his uh, his goals and assists to minutes on the pitch is pretty good, to be honest. I think so. I think so. Totally. Um, and like I say. I've been very supportive of him before the, the last season or so. Very critical of him uh, uh, when needed this season. I think it has been needed. But yeah, he's doing a job for us at the moment. And long may it continue. He is. And um, obviously, I don't want to preempt anything with, uh, with the very, very exciting team that I've picked for the Brighton game, but, uh, which, which you're privy to, Chris. Stop laughing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I think that I think you know I was half expecting uh, Madison to be fit for this game, which mm. left me in a quandary as to whether um, you know Ian Acho was going to nudge out uh, Jamie. To be honest, because I think on on current form and on uh, deserving of a shirt, I think you'd make an argument that Kalechi probably deserves it a little more than Jamie. Indeed, just say a quick good evening to this is Luca's life. Let us go, let us know, guys, those that are watching, what are your thoughts on it, Nacho, at the moment? 
would you start him over Jamie? I mean, certainly on form, you know, Jamie's not scored in 10. And I think we've said this before and it hasn't happened and I hope I'm wrong, but is this the start of, I'm not necessarily the decline, but we have to accept that, you know, there is going to be life after Jamie at some point. He is, you know, getting on a bit. And like I've often said, I think he will slowly turn into the super sub. There's a lot of rumours out there today that Eduardo is all but on his way to us um, for 15 million, which would be a nice cut price deal. Um, I'd, I, I haven't seen enough of him, to be honest with you. And it's so easy to say, well, it's Scotland. You know, you, you could go and score a ton of goals in Scotland, Craig. But... You know, in in Brendan we trust, but it, are we about to see the start? Unless they are changing the guard, shall we? Possibly, I think I think we'll probably see that if we if we do get a, a new striker in, whether it's uh, Edward, whether it's someone else. But I know we were a lot of talk about uh, linking us with uh, Tammy Abrahams as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't. I don't want to to sort of be having a, a pop at Jamie. I know he hasn't scored for a while, but he does give us that uh, something different in terms of the opposition don't push up uh, the pitch as much as they probably would do if he wasn't there because they're still scared of his pace, even though he may have lost a yard or two at the moment. But then, then you know, he is carrying an injury, and also what I don't think helps is the fact that without Madison and Barnes, there's not really another sort of identifiable threat and therefore mm. the defenders are all just looking after Jamie you know so it's yeah. very difficult for him to find any little pockets of space because you know he's their main person they don't have to worry about Barnes they don't have to worry about Madison coming from deep so I think he's you know he's struggling a little bit because of that as well and I'm sure he'll come good again but the, the reason that I thought about if Madison was fit, um, giving him a little bit of rest, was almost just that little kick up the backside to say, hang on, you know, you're not always guaranteed of your place. And I think sometimes, you know, the, the best players need that. I, I don't think there was any um, any uh, coincidence that the fact that Liverpool sort of dropped off a little bit in terms of scoring when Jota got injured. You know, all of a sudden, you know, those front three for Liverpool guaranteed their places every week all of a sudden Jota turns up and they have to up the game a bit because they know they've got a bit of uh, bit of competition Jota gets injured they stop scoring so I think whatever level you're at if you're the star man you still need somebody breathing down your down your neck to give you that extra five percent and you know that and may not do Jamie, Jamie any harm it's what Jamie also brings just by being on the pitch you know, he, he does, don't you say, draw other defenders away. And as I've often said, <coughs> excuse me, the old Gary Lineker comparison, you know, he does nothing for 88 minutes and give him two minutes and he, he scores a goal. And you, you, you've always got that with Jamie. But we'll be interesting to see when we do come to your team later what decisions you, you have uh, come to about that. Uh, Stephen, good evening, Stephen. Thank you for joining us. As always, sir, you're welcome along. Nice to have you. Nacho should start ahead of Vardy. Vardy needs to be... Chris needs to put his teeth in, but uh, Vardy needs to be made aware that the starting position is not given. Yeah, I mean, that's basically, I think, what, what you were saying there, uh, uh, Craig. But moving on and looking ahead yeah. to... 
I could say this weekend's big match, which sort of you know isn't Megan versus Liz. Um, there is a small matter on Saturday night. So if you you can't go out fighting on Saturday night, so stay in and watch the football. 8 p.m. Um, we seem to always get these matches at the Amex. It's on Sky Sports if you have that platform, or you can listen to it on Talk Sport Radio. Uh, lcfc.com for those of you that are outside of the Leicester area and those of you that are inside it the old BBC Radio Leicester uh, with Ian and Owen um, we've got a good record against Brighton I mean you know, we've played them seven times we've played them twice already this season we've we've yet to lose to them is that an omen or is it being Leicester a case of oh there we go this will be the one yeah, we do have a tendency to try and uh, change records when they're in our favour, don't we? Um, yes. But we, do, you know, we do have a good record. It's one of the, probably one of the few teams that we do have a decent record against, to be honest. Uh, even though we we struggled a little bit against them in the cup, I know we had a much changed uh, side in the cup, but we did leave it very late. And and you could argue it's that they were the best team on the night, and the best champions. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So, but. You know, we had a, a comfortable win earlier in the season. I think Brighton are a really funny team. They they remind me quite a bit of Fulham at the minute. Both teams are playing a lot of really, really good football. They're just struggling to score goals. And I think the the Brighton record is, is ridiculous at the minute. I think something like uh, in the last eight games, I think they've had something like 128 goal attempts, 66 on target and scored one. You know... Uh, <laughs> At some point, you think those stats are going to change, um, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, we don't. You know, Brendan's not in that mindset of uh, of thinking defensively again. I mean, I don't know what anybody else thought when they saw that team that he put out against Burnley, but you know, I had to do a, a proper classic nineteen seventy sitcom double take. Um, yeah, I, I I just couldn't believe it. He was, I think, he'd gone on the tannoy and just did a call for. Any defensive players, please uh, make yourself available and put a shirt on. It, it was a surprising team. And I, I looked at that and I'm, the fun was trying to work out its formation. Um, but Brighton reminded me, and I was talking to, to, to Scott, I said, we are Brighton last night. And he is bemoaning the fact that they're not scoring. They are creating more chances than probably the other bottom three, four put together, and they are not scoring. Graham Potter is... Do you remember Leicester when we, when we stayed up? And we, we had a really good start up to that Man United game. And the season yeah. before, we won the championship. And you could name our team four or five yeah. weeks in advance. You knew what team Nigel was going to put out. Then, after that Man United game, for some ex inexplicable reason, Nigel went round and was changing his team every single week. And, you know, a guy could get a couple of goals and be dropped the, the game after. A guy could have a great defence. You know, you never knew what team was going to be out. And I think that's what Brighton are almost saying Potter's doing down there on the south coast. He is changing it around. Now, I know Brendan, you could say, is, is doing that, but his isn't through, necessarily through choice. We, we, we were looking to get a settled team week in, week out, we're picking the same formation, we're picking the same players. But it does make for 
like with the last nil, you know, well, one nil in the 93rd minute uh, FA Cup game between us and Brighton, it does make for very boring games. It can do. I mean, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it, when you look at Brighton because you you can you could say that if they're not scoring goals and he's keeping the same team, you know that he would come under a lot of criticism for not changing it because they're not scoring mm. goals. So it is a bit of a damned if you do and damned if you don't. I think what they've got is, you know, a very good team up to the edge of the box, and then you know they've got, you know, for. The, you know, no, no disrespect to them, really, but they they're not top level Premier League strikers. I mean, Morpé, mm. you know, can do something on his day, and he's, he's busy, and he and he and he puts himself about. The same with Connolly. Connolly does definitely lack a bit of composure. And it's probably that that they're lacking. You know, that composure in front of goal. You know, they are creating a lot of chances, but they they seem to snatch at things. And the thing is. The longer that that goes on, the worse it gets. You know, mm. um, confidence starts to drain away, and you and you you either start having two or three touches rather than hitting things first time that you would do when you're confident. But I don't think we can take them lightly in terms of uh, the number of chances that they do create in a game. They probably create more than we are at the moment. They are. They create more than a lot of teams. Um, this is our record against them. The last five games, we've got the 3 0. Um, this is not taking out the cups, this is just in the league. Um, three wins, two draws there. Like you say, I just I just got a feeling these things have got to come to an end. And we are in a sticky patch at the moment, aren't we? We are. Um, you know, I think we expected it uh, up to a point when when you see the the attacking players that we've got out, you know, the creativity that's just been taken out of the team, particularly with Madison yeah. and uh, Barnes going, you know, one of those would be a loss. Losing two of them, you know, is difficult to cope with. But, you know, for yeah. me, it was just disappointing when I saw the team um, that Brendan is, is almost retreating back into that negative, um, worrying about the opposition and uh, particularly against Burnley, you know, you, you're virtually inviting... Uh, pressure on, and, you know, and they don't need a lot of uh, encouragement to mm. to throw men forward. Um, the physical side, you know, I mean, Chris would uh, give us a, give us a right Tory time, and I've got to say, I know I made a joke about Casper uh, in the preview uh, for the Burnley game, but I what hope, a fantastic performance! That, that, that viewer's dog is all right after that as well. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but, you know, a couple of fantastic saves in there from Casper, you know, one of which I, I, I thought was in, you know, how he, he managed to get his fingertips to it. I assume that he hadn't cut his nails for a couple of weeks. But, you know, we've got to be more, we've, we've just got to be more on the front foot. We've got we've got to act, or, or as I would say, we've just got, not got to hear about at the back as we do. I mean, after, you know, we, we had a warning after a minute we keep, we know how many goals this season, and I, um, it is a rhetorical question, but have we conceded from when we've been messing about at the back? You know, we know, uh, you know, even at the end of last season, you know, why why are we doing that all the time? You want, you know, at some point I was watching, I mean, we did it, I say, in the Slavia game, you know, 2 0 down, about ten, seven, or oh, excuse me, seven or eight minutes to go. And Casper and the two wing, you know, two left back and right backs are playing passive ball around the back. There's, 
and against against Burnley, Casper was playing the ball out to defenders who had a player right behind them because Burnley knew that's what we did and we're marking them. You're asking for trouble, aren't you? For me, it's it's egotistical wannabe football. You know, that these managers, mm. they all want to be Pep. You know, they want to be able to say, you know, look look how we, we, we play beautiful football, total football out from the back. I, I mean, I can't remember that many goals this season from a goalkeeper playing the ball out from the back and uh, and pass, pass, pass all the way through. I, I don't understand it. I think you're mm. just inviting more trouble. I don't think the risk and reward percentages um, uh, tally up in terms of why you should continue it. I just think it's egotistical. You, you've, I know it's not pretty, but you've probably got as much chance of winning the ball back near the halfway line by kicking it long and picking up the second ball. You know, I'd, it's just it's just ego for me. Stephen says that Rodgers will look at our recent record against Brighton and rest on his defensive laurels. I mean, against Burnley, of course, we were in all white. And I said we were... We were dressed like Real Madrid, but played like real turnips. I just wasn't you know, <laughs> impressed with that. I think it's a case of, you know, well, we've got the ball, they're not going to score, but it's so easy. One mistake, Alad Chowdhury, and half, he came in for some stick after that, Chowdhury, but I thought he, he had an all right game and was very unlucky not to, not to get the equaliser before we did. But, you know, it is it is what it is. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to complain when we're sat yeah. in third and we're the only team that's been in the top four consistently all season. I think I think the frustration comes from knowing that the players that you have got, even though we've got players out, we know that we've got uh, a decent squad. And you just look at the positions of the two teams. You know, I can't imagine any other team setting up defensively to go away to Burnley. You know, I don't think Man City would do it. I don't think Man United, well, Man United might. Um, yeah. uh, Solskjaer. Solskjaer loves a defensive midfielder. I think he's trying to get the England manager's job. Um, <laughs> but um, but you know, live, you know, you've got to, you've got to. My my problem with it is, is what message does that give to the players? You know, some of those players look at that team sheet. They've got to be thinking, okay, they, he clearly just wants us to sit in and and try and get something, which is great. If you don't concede in the first five minutes, you know, then your yeah. game plan's gone out the window. Um, and I think we did that. You know, we struggled. Even the goal, fantastic finish that it was. Wolf stood there with his arms out saying, I've got nobody to pass it to. You know, luckily there was a bit of movement and we, we got something out of it. But I mean, that was the last one. What, what, I, what I want to see from Brendan is him learning from that, not repeating the same mistake and going in defensively again against Brighton. I think he's got to be looking to take the game to them. You know, get yourself in the lead and then if you want to bring your defensive plays on. And he's done this throughout the season. He's got us in, in winning positions and then he's tinkered with it to protect what he's got. You know, protecting a nil-nil doesn't strike me as a positive way of going into a football match. Is this, do you think, the Celtic connection with him? Because... There's a saying that you learn more from a loss than you do from a win. And I I understand, like you just said then, you know, you, if you win in week in, week out, 
you don't particularly have to, <laughs> to do much or to look at things and say, what's wrong? Nothing, because we're winning. And he was week in, week out with Celtic. Do you think he's having to re-educate himself to that way of thinking? Well, if, that, if that's the case, I mean, you may be right. If, you, if that's the case, I hope he learns pretty quickly, to be honest. I hope he's not having to homeschool uh, on an old laptop. Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of it, you know, we brought this up in the preview show for the Burnley game when Brendan had already come out and said he's going to have to get creative. And that, that just sends alarm bells ringing for me, that he's going to try and overthink it. And the fact that, you know, he went back to a back five. And again, we've talked about this. The same thing that Liverpool do, they weaken two areas of the team by taking your best midfield player out and putting him in as a centre-half. And that's what he did again. You know, he almost... It's like a... Um, you know, it's like I'll swap you one indeed for a for a Hamza uh, and a Mendy. Um, you know, it's a two for one old Daz deal that you're doing there. So he takes one out and he thinks he has to replace Indeedy with two defensive midfielders. You know, just just leave Mendy where he uh, leave Indeedy where he is. We've got centre halves who can play that position. Just do it and concentrate on the positives. Yes, we're not going to see this score line again. I don't think that we saw from earlier in the season um basically because we haven't you know we haven't got a madison in there to get us a couple and he absolutely ran that game he had uh you know brighton admit he, he had their defense sort of you know looking up to the heavens but you know we're not scoring as much as we were in in, in the start but when you look at our current form and we mm. take it on here and I, and I start to think, is it as bad as perhaps we're thinking it is? I mean, you know, that, that loss to Arsenal, and I know we know, we, we said in, in this show last, you know, before the, the Burnley game, that I was looking for a performance. And like you said, well, the performance doesn't really matter. We just need to get a result some way or the other. Yes, we've, we lost two on the trot. One of those was, was in Europe. But we are a different team to what we were at the start of the season. And had it not been the fact that, you know, I think Man City are running away with the league. They had their bad start at the start of the season and now they're firing on all cylinders. But had it not been for Man United not taking advantage, and I say when I say not taking advantage, somebody said, well, we're not taking advantage of their losses, but we generally play first and we are the team behind. They haven't pulled away from us because every time we've stumbled, they've stumbled, which doesn't make it look probably as bad as it might be. No, I think uh, I think it's one of those things where the danger is in the rearview mirror. Um, it's those teams that are coming up behind uh, that are putting a run of games together. I mean, Chelsea haven't lost since uh, Tuchel's been there. They seem to be grinding out uh, one nils. You know, he's made them very tight to the back. Um, so they're definitely a danger. You know, Liverpool was a surprise for me that they lost that game. I thought they'd get something out of it. I was hoping for a draw. Yeah, me too. But, yeah, Liverpool's a funny one. But then you've got Everton who are doing really well. You know, again, Villa slipped up, a surprise one. They've got games in hand. Mm. But you could see a team putting a run together. And it's that kind of run that just draws from us won't won't work for us. I think we touched on it again in the preview show for Burnley that you asked me whether I would take a draw uh, before the game. And I said that I wouldn't 
and, and whether a draw would be a good result. And I said, only in the context of the three games, because I think we need to be looking at seven points. Now we've taken we've taken the draw, so for me, we need two wins out of Brighton and uh, and Bur and, and Sheffield United. Otherwise, those teams are going to catch us, and uh, and then the pressure really comes on. You know how we deal with it again, and I don't want Brendan defensive and and then we, we're becoming an introverted football team who's just trying to cling on again. And if you look at that that graphic there, like so we've got Brighton obviously tomorrow, Sheffield United next weekend. Yeah, we've got Man United in the court, but then we've got Man City, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, again I don't you know the fact that we beat them five. I say, Five too early in the season is going to have no bearing on that game. It's two different teams going into that game, and I know, you know, you can only play with what you've got. But we we do we did get three penalties in that game, you know, so that maybe yeah. didn't make it quite as tight as it possibly would have looked. But we we you know we won the penalties. So yeah, the, these three games, you know, I, I said to you as well at the start that these are the three games we should look or we would have looked four or five weeks ago at getting nine points from uh and we're not i mean let's just have a look look at the table here i mean you know you've got um you know we're still five points ahead of west ham but that's been getting yeah. smaller and smaller like you say chelsea mm. uh are the, I don't, I don't, and fairness no in fact this hasn't been up i'm sorry i haven't updated this chelsea are now actually on 47 points because they've got the win yesterday yeah. which wasn't included in this so chelsea they're only three points behind us now um they've got that game in hand on us still it is squeaky ass time isn't it it is it is, and, and this is what I mean. I, I don't understand the mindset of just trying to to almost get a point with that team. I, I can I can understand it. I'll give Brendan like Brendan needs me to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I can give him a little bit of it. <laughs> he'll because, be watching and he'll be very relieved. <laughs> yeah, because. I know that he knows how Burnley are going to play and they are, they do keep two up top and they do like to try and get the ball forward and that's probably why he decided he was going to go with a back three to try and cope with that. The re reality is we went with the back three and we didn't cope anyway. So, you know, it's a, it's a bit pointless there. So you've got to be looking at these games because you know what's coming up. You know Man City and you can probably guarantee already what kind of side that we will put out for Man City. You know... Brendan will be hoping, I don't know if he'll be hoping that Madison's fit more or Morgan is fit more, because you know he's going to put out a defensive team and sit in against Man City. By that time, if we haven't got a result against Sheffield United or Brighton, we could be out of the top four already quite easily. So you can't be going into Man City knowing that then teams are going to get another three points on you because then it becomes a really really difficult position you you're playing catch up then and it's out of your hands he needs to get the results in these two games so it stays within our own hands and and i hope that he does that and if i look at a team sheet that just looks defensive again you know i'll uh i'll be crying in whatever drink i've got at the time yeah we can't like you say that i don't think there's any excuse for I mean, he had three defensive midfielders on against Burnley. Yeah, three defensive midfielders and a back three. I mean, mm. against Burnley. 
I, but, I don't but, I don't understand. Could you argue? I mean, all right. I mean, the only probably two players that he had available to him that were on the bench that weren't were Under and or Brighton. Yeah. I mean, I know you picked Under in um, your team as a starter, but surely yeah. those two give you an attacking option rather than exactly. you know, having, having to let the defensive midfielders in there and then bring the defensive I, midfielders on if you have to. Exactly. I, I think I had Bright, uh, Under and or Brighton there. As I say, I think he's he, he's done that thing. Like, because I'm taking Ndidi out, I need to put two lesser players in to make up for it. And I think that was his his thought process. But it just doesn't work because it detracts from what you can do going forward. And, and I think that was pretty obvious. It took us a long time to get into that game. We, we could have still snatched it. You know, yes, they had a few chances, but we... You know, we we came into the game without really creating anything um, too clear cut. He can't do that again, and it's going to be a very different um, challenge that we face against Brighton. Brighton are going to want to keep the ball. They're going to want to play nice, intricate football. But the thing with that is that when you turn the ball over, you need to move quickly with it and uh, and get players forward quickly because they will funnel. They play a back three, so the space <coughs> the wing. Against them is down in behind their fullbacks, so we need to be able to exploit that. So if he goes defensive again, we're not going to have any width, um, and we're able to to exploit the opportunities that we'll get against a, a big, you know, powerful and physical back three. It's pointless trying to play through the middle of the pitch. Yeah, Tony's saying here Brendan doesn't rate under, hence the lack of starts. I mean, I don't think Under's going to be signed now, to be honest with you. I think uh, if he was looking to sign him, by now we would have seen more of Under. Uh, and obviously, Brendan sees something we don't see at, um, you know, he sees something on the training field we don't see sort of when he comes on. The only thing that I think with Under is he does give us an attacking option. And I'd sooner have a player against somebody like Burnley, because if we're not forcing Burnley back, they're not going to worry about it. They're not going to worry about anything, you know, because it's like it's like when we got the goal against Brighton. I mean, they're, you know, their they're, they're fan yesterday said, you know, they had virtually all 10 players back in the box. We had one. Unfortunately, our one out did their 10. But, you know, if there's nobody going to be attacking Burnley's defence, they're going to say, well, this isn't a you know, part of the pitch we've got to worry about. Yeah, under may lose it, under may shoot wide two times out of three, but at least he's having a go, and at least he's taking the play to the opposition. Something, in fairness to maybe the likes of Chowdy and Mendry, and indeed, if you've got all three on, they don't. No, I mean, I'd much rather you've got somebody like under, you know, losing the ball in the opposition third, trying something positive, than... Um, just just playing around your defensive midfielders in the middle of the, the pitch, which, as we showed, mm. as soon as Chowdhury gives that ball away, you know the opposition are on you. So, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I think what we're seeing is the fact that deep down, Brendan is he may be a very technically um, sound coach. He may be very, very good at developing players and improving players, but to me. He's a safe manager. He, he's yeah. not a risk-taking manager. 
And you won't you won't consistently in the top four if at some point you don't take a few risks. I think in any sport you have to take a few risks. And if those risks come off, it's all well and good. If the risks don't come off, you you, you probably would lose your job. But that's the nature of the sport. I mean, you you look at Brighton, and they they're not out of this. You know, they've been drawn back into this relegation battle here. And I, I think we would all say Sheffield United and West Brom are probably down. I think we can. It would it wouldn't be being unfair to those two teams, but it would probably take an escape greater than ours was. Uh, Fulham yeah. would give themselves a bit of a bit of a chance, and I know they lost the other night. One nil, but there was only, it was only one nil against the against Spurs. Then you got Newcastle, uh, Brighton, and Burnley are all down there. You know they are going to be scrapping for those points. I mean, if you look at that, you've got even all the way up to Southampton to Fulham. You've got seven points there. You know, mm-hmm. seven points in our position. You know, come, brings you down, down to where Everton were or whatever. So you know, we're looking over our shoulders. At people who are seven points off, I, yeah, I know the, the table needs that. Yeah, so you know Southampton down. I've got to be looking over their shoulders as well. Yes, from Southampton's perspective, they would think there's a lot of teams there. But Brighton, Brighton need to start turning some wins because I mean Fulham were very unlucky last night. They had the better of the second half. They had a goal disallowed, which you know, if they were playing it at the weekend, the rule changes that they've uh, talked about today. Um, meant that that would that goal would stand. So, you know, they're very very unlucky. And um, and yeah, if I was Brian, I would be definitely worried. But you've got to wonder whether Potter is is going to change his mindset a little bit and just think that he's going to be happy with points. You know, and if he can keep ticking over, getting points, he might be happy with it. Or is he going to start to go out for wins? The more desperate they get, they're going to have to come out and. Go go for wins which hopefully would uh, we would be able to exploit if we picked the right team not if we picked three defensive midfielders we won't be anyway no. talking of picking the team it's that time of the week again when we're going to have a look at craig's team and we'll be right back after this to see what team craig will be thinking brendan might go for this weekend and believe you me you do not want to miss this one. Hi, Alan Smith here. Be sure to watch and listen to Chris on Leicester Till I Die TV. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. Of the Foxes. Right, so um, strap yourselves in. Uh, get yourselves Let me just ready. preempt this, Chris. Let, let me just preempt this. By saying there is absolutely no way Brendan is going to pick this team, <laughs> so this is this this is me thinking this is the team Brendan's going to pick. This is me wishing that he would pick this team. Anyway, so we'll, we'll why, see. What let's think. have a look at it, and you can tell us why you think you wish he would he would pick this team. Um, so let's have a look. Again, you've, you've gone for four-two-three-one, which is back to probably our preferred formation. Um, yeah. The goalkeeper, let's just say he, you know, 
if he was English, he'd, yeah. he'd be playing. He'd be playing for England. For foreigners back, and it was good to see him back against Burnley. Yeah, so you know, there's a there's a few things here that I, I I sort of mulled around and different options, and you know, I could have played for um, Amati in place of Fafana, but um, I just think if Fafana's fit, you know, he's got to be back in there for me. He does offer uh, a bit more aggression. I like Amati as a centre half. I don't like Amati as a right back. For me, he is not confident enough on the ball um, for me to play. As a right back, when you want your right backs, your full backs to be attacking options. So, mm. unfortunately, um, Daniel's had to to drop out. Um, again, I toyed with, with um, the Ricardo and Castagna options at, uh, at full backs, but with the fact that we don't have Madison, we don't have Barnes. For me, I think that Castagna and Ricardo can offer a lot more as the wide midfield players with a bit more youth, a bit more energy, a bit more desire to get forward in behind them. You could have gone with Fuchs as a left-back. You could have gone with Amati, but I don't think they're going to offer anything going forward. Daly Campbell had a very, very good game against Brighton in the FA Cup. You know, players take those things... You know, they take confidence from that. They know, hang on a minute, I played against these players. I know that I can hold my own against these players. I had a good game against these. I mean, it was it was Daly uh, Campbell who who got the uh, got the won the corner that we eventually scored from in the ninety third yeah. minute. So, so for me, I think if I'm playing my you know uh, wide attacking fullbacks as my wide midfielders, I want a little bit of energy. Uh, in behind them. And I think Thomas, Thomas deserves his go again, to be honest. It, this isn't me playing it safe, as you can see. This is me saying <laughs> whenever we it. get an opportunity, <laughs> yeah, I want us to go forward. You've got yeah. the quarterback sitting in there in Tielemans. You've got Wilf there protecting the back four. What I want is that, you know, the alternatives, again, is under and all Brighton. Now, as I said before, for me, Brighton play a back three, so the opportunities are wide. Castagna and Ricardo and the two fullbacks supporting them, for me, can exploit those wide areas. Um, with Ian Acho, and I think he deserves his chance again in that little number 10, uh, 10 spot with Vardy. And I say, if Madison had been fit, I think I would have played Ian Acho instead of Vardy and, and put Vardy on the bench. But for me, this is a team that I would like to see that's a positive team that is full of pace and would want to go forward and try and take the game to Brighton. So that's what I would like to see. Very, very little chance of that happening. Stephen agrees with you there. Uh, going with youth at the back. Uh, love Castagna and Ricardo up front. Ricardo has an eye for goal. Um, yeah. Um, oh. I was surprised. The thing is that... Sorry, carry on. Sorry. I was just going to say that with, with, with Castagna and Ricardo being the wide midfield players, they naturally will sit in and drop back if we're being, you know, when we haven't got the ball anyway. Yeah. But they're both athletes. They can both transition into attack very, very quickly when the ball turns over. I don't think you can do that with Albrighton. And I don't necessarily think that Under would be back deep enough to take advantage of that. He would be higher up the pitch. So I think this... 
gives us the opportunity to transition the ball very quickly into the opposition half. Sorry, Chris, you were I mean, going to say that you were surprised. I was, yeah, I was. Obviously, I was surprised when you sent that through. Although you did send it through with a warning when, when you sent it to me earlier. But I think the graphic, I'm tied with the, with the graphics that I use. I'm tied as to where I can put players, and it probably looks not not quite as bad as I think. If you know, if I'm thinking, you know, Ricardo and Castagna aren't as maybe as quite as far forward as that. That they can offer that, like you said, that defensive role as well. You know, yeah. almost like an extra two across the middle if needed, but have got that almost. It's almost becoming a bit of a four-four-one-one, if you like. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, Castagna and Ricardo are mm. the replacements for, let's say, Albrighton and Barnes. You know, they, that, yeah. that, that's what I'm seeing there. As that, with Barnes being out and no real naturally right-sided athlete um those two offer that to me then that's why i've i've put those in there so yeah not not as far forward as they are but the basically they're playing as the wide midfielders in a 4141 let's say yeah now let me just say my i i did actually take the fa coaching um badge part one I did the part one, which is yep. basically, it's called FA Coaching Part One Brackets Enthusiastic Parents Closed Brackets, which basically <laughs> what it was, because I was uh, I was coaching my uh, my one well, was helping out, shall I say, with one of my boys' um, uh, teams, and when we went we went to a tournament and. The, the normal number one, the manager wasn't there. And he said, look, you know, you take it. You're number two. You've done the badge. You, you go and, and have fun and what have you. And um, it's because he was there for like the first couple of games. Then he had to go. And I took over. And we were struggling to score. And knowing, and I say I, a bit of an advantage because he was my son. But I'm thinking like my son, he always played him as that defensive midfielder role. And he was very good at it. But I actually put him up front for my two games because we hadn't scored any goals. He got three goals in two and we qualified for the quarterfinals. <laughs> so, you know, it sometimes when you look at those things, you do need to be brave. I can't see that happening. I've got to be honest with you. But, you know, Castagna and uh, Piera... If if you put it into a, you know if you'd put it into a four four two and had them I mean, we played we played Pierre at right midfield already this season anyway haven't we yeah. you know we so have already, yeah. yeah so it isn't totally you know out the realms like I say there are that graphic I think is probably a little bit more misleading but you know Castagna likes to get forward they both got pace on them can't mm. see doing it but my god if he did and if you are watching brendan sleep on it um <laughs> it, it would i think put the fear of god into brighton because they just wouldn't know what, what how to how to cope with it yeah i think as i say you think about the, the pace on the transition that those guys would bring us um they, they couldn't be pushing that many men forward without having one thought about what's going to happen behind them. And as I say, you know, the space for me is going to be down the wide areas that we need to take advantage of. So I'd love him to do it. As I say, you know, I can I can make a, a good case, I think, for it. You know, yes, Daley Campbell has, has played again since he played against Brighton, but he did have a very good game against Brighton. And uh, 
And at some point, you know, these youth players need to be given their head. And, uh, you know, for yeah. me, this isn't, a, this isn't a game where they're going to be physically challenged, let's say. So I think it's more suited to Thomas and I think it's more suited to Daly Campbell than a, than a Burnley would have been. So I think it, the ball's going to be on the floor. It's about playing football. And you did. You said that, in fairness to you, before the Burnley game, and you are you are probably right. I'm going to say hello to Stefan, our erstwhile Villa fan who loves coming on here and talking about Leicester. Hello, Stefan. We are both doing okay. How is um, the Aston Villa fan doing? Sheffield United. <coughs> um, <coughs> yeah, I mean, I'd 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 be still hiding under my stone if we'd lost to Sheffield United, wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, you know what, Chris. I would be making a comment if we'd already played Sheffield United, but the fact that they're the next game we've got after this, <laughs> I'm keeping. That's why I'm getting in now, because <laughs> if he comes on after that and we've lost to Sheffield United, he ain't getting his his comment shown. I'll tell you. No, good evening to you, Stefan. I'm still using my Villa shirt as toilet paper, so don't worry. And that's what you're checking, right? Score predictions. Like I say, I hate to say it. I did say it at the top of the table. Well, I did go for a 1-1 draw. It does now move me six points clear at top of the uh, the Premier League, Xboxes and myself prediction league. Just throw that in Can I just there. say, Chris, I, I, you started that by saying I hate to say it. What a load of rubbish. You don't hate to say it at all. <laughs> This is very true. This is very true. I love to say it. I really, really do. Uh, especially as there's, uh, I was talking to Steve Walsh the other day, and he, I was sort of saying, like, you know, you, what are you doing, Steve? I'm three points ahead of you. And it's, uh, oh, it's a long season yet, Chris, he said. And uh, I messaged him after this one going, yeah, it's even longer now, isn't it, for you? But uh, here we go. This is what we've gone for. Steve Walsh has gone 2-1 to Leicester. Steve Linux has gone 1-0 to Brighton. But in fairness to Steve, I was spoke to Steve as well, and he was sort of still going down the lines of predicted loss and we win, because he's that bad. Uh, Marshy has gone 1-1. I can understand why he's gone for that. And I've actually agreed with Steve Walsh this week, and I've gone for 2-1. I think we will just nick it, because I think I think King, King Kelechi is in that form at the moment, and I think he might carry that goal-scoring form on. Craig, over to you. Um, obviously, if Brendan picks my team, I think it's a it's a five-one win. Um, but with Brendan's team, with Brendan's team, and with you, and I think uh, I think we'll just nick it in a two-one. Yes, yeah. Having said that, three points in any way is would be absolutely amazing. Definitely. Let's be honest with you. Uh, TM, good evening, TM. How the devil are you? Uh, agreeing with us, going 2-1. Um, Villa fan, don't even bring that game up. <laughs> what, do you mean the Sheffield United 1, Aston Villa nil game? Is that the game you don't want me to bring up, Stefan? The Villa-Sheffield United loss? Hmm. We, have, we have two We have Wolves tomorrow. I think we'll go for a 2-2. What do you think the score will be tomorrow? For your game... Villa against Wolves. I think you might nick it one nil. I hate to say that, but I think you might. Do you? Do you think so, Craig? Um, yeah, I think I think they're missing. They're definitely missing Grealish. I mean, he, he brings them. You know, he takes them up a notch, Villa. 
Um, what I would suggest is that um, that the Villa players go onto the pitch um, wearing some sort of gloves made out of kitchen roll, uh, so they so they can just wipe that oil off Adam Adama Traore's arms. And um, I think you've got a better chance of stopping him if you do that. Um, but I, I think I think it'll be a, I think it'll be another another one one. I think I think Wolves. Wolves are doing really well in terms of not losing, not necessarily winning a lot, but I think they're tough to beat. So I'll take a 1-1. Welcome along to the Aston Villa Fan Chat TV. <laughs> we all do <laughs> Back to the much, much more important game. Uh, Stephen, 3-1 to the Foxes there. I think you mean 1-3, but I get what you mean. Um, whew. We need it, though, don't we? We need... The three points. We can't rely on Man United keep slipping up. And like you say, we are looking over our shoulders more and more. Yeah. Now, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, we definitely need three points to say. We, we've we got to get seven out of these three games. So we need two wins now. And, you know, he's got to be brave and he's got to go for it. And unfortunately, it's a Saturday night show. So if we don't uh, get the three points, the whole of Sunday is ruined for us. <laughs> I'll have to put Antiques Roadshow on again. Craig, as always, sir, it's been a pleasure. My wise old sage, the Deslinum of uh, Leicester Till I Die TV there. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. You say the kindest things. <laughs> hey, Grandma's Choice, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be quite happy to be Grandma's Choice, I think. Yeah. Craig, thanks so much, mate. Take care, stay safe, and I'll Pleasure. see you next Friday. Cheers. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone. Bye. All right. So, thanks to Craig, my, like I say, <laughs> my Des Linum. I don't know quite what that makes me. Yeah, don't say any word. Don't say a word. Hey, it's time to go. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 10 past seven with the pre match show with Josh and. Ooh, it will be about half ten. It'll be of carpet slippers and cocoa time with me and Josh. Uh, sorry, me and Brad for the post-match show after the game. About 40 minutes after the final whistle goes. Um, want to listen back to this? Uh, you can watch it if you want on Leicester Till I Die TV. And like I say, please, please give us a subscribe. We're getting very close to our next target. And if you want to listen to us rather than watch us, and uh, it is a, probably the better option. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Anchor and Google, all under Leicester Till I Die. Bring on the seagulls. Will the foxes eat the seagulls? We'll find out tomorrow. Here's the three points. Guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for joining in. Give us a subscribe and we'll see you tomorrow night, 10 past seven with the pre-match show. Good night. Stay safe. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube. And follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.